like to invite you to take your Bibles. Turn with me to the Gospel of Mark. We're in a series of messages of God's answers to man's needs. And today we have titled our message, God's Answer to Man's Despair. Mark chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 35. One of the uh, great opportunities I had a couple years ago when I went to Israel was to go out onto the Sea of Galilee. I have a couple of pictures of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, it was foggy that day. It was a, a rainy day. But um, you'll notice in that particular picture there are the mountains that are around the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is 628 feet below sea level. And there on those mountains are deep ravines. In those deep ravines is like funnels. And there the cold air coming down from those mountains, heating that warm air upon that sea, would develop a huge and remarkable storm. And many storms had been erupted throughout the years. But this particular occasion, there was a unique storm that had come up with Jesus and his disciples there on the Sea of Galilee. We're going to look at that for a few moments. So with your Bibles open, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. We're going to read through verse 41, the remainder of the chapter. Would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's holy, infallible, and errant word of God? I want you to get the setting now. Jesus had invited his disciples to get into a ship a boat, and there to go to the other side. And there in the midst of that, a a remarkable storm had developed. And as I said earlier, that warm air, or that cold air coming from the mountains, hitting that warm air on that water, and erupted a great storm. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 35. And on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, I want you to remember that because Jesus said something here. That was not only a statement, but that was a prophecy. And not only a prophecy, but that was a promise, which we're going to see in just a few moments. Now, when they had left the multitude, They took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillar. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, Do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have 
no faith. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who can this be? I tell you who that was. That was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The creator of this world, the one that who has the power to be able to calm the storms of the sea. And we're going to see how he calms those storms today. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be able to get a glimpse of that, that day where there was a great storm that arose. And that storm developed in such a manner, it brought great fear in the life of these disciples. Lord, there are storms in life today, are they not? And Lord, many of us are going through storms or just come from a storm or headed into a storm. And Lord, we pray that today that you will just minister to us and remind us of the great, great power that you demonstrate in the midst of those storms that we find ourselves in. May the anointing and the filling of your Holy Spirit be upon our lives and be bring glory and honor to the precious and holy name of Jesus. For we ask it in his name. Amen. Thank you so much. As you're being seated, I think about this storm. A number of years ago, I used to have a little fishing boat. And uh, one particular day, Brent and I went out into the Chesapeake Bay. And it was a beautiful day, and we were fishing. And uh, when I least expected it, I noticed that clouds began to come. And all of a sudden, the the rain began to rain. And the winds began to blow. There we were, out there in the middle of the bay... And we were, uh, I don't know, a mile or two uh, from the shoreline. But then all of a sudden, those waves began to come tumbling into the boat. Now, I want you to know, that got my attention. Uh, not only it got my attention, it got Brenda's attention, because we weren't really sure exactly how we were going to get back because the rain and the wind and the waves were so strong that it seemed that we were in great, great danger. Happened so fast. I mean, we were minding our own business, having a good time, enjoying the day that we were experiencing, and then all of a sudden, a storm arises. When I think about that, I think about that's the way life is, is it not? When you least expect it, storms of life comes and arises to the occasion. You've worked hard all day long. You can't wait to get home, enjoy a good meal. Enjoy relaxation, being with your wife and your children. And as you walk into the door, you notice something's wrong. All of a sudden, there seems to be an emptiness there within that household. You look over there on the table and there's a note. And that note says something like this. I no longer love you. And I am leaving you. And I won't be back. A storm has just come upon your life. 
What do you do when you find yourself in a situation like that? You go to the doctor. Maybe it's just a regular appointment. And they begin to run tests. Everything seems to be fine. But then all of a sudden, the doctor begins to speak in a different sound, or there's a different sound in his voice, and he begins to say, I see something that is abnormal. And they begin to run tests. And then they come and they give you the big C word. You have cancer. One moment, everything seems to be fine. And then all of a sudden, the waves of life is erupted. And you're thrown into a storm. What do you do? Or you have been working at your job for quite some time, planning on retiring there. But as you walk in the door of that office or of that job or whatever it may be where you're working. And there is your boss man says something like this, hand me your keys. You're no longer needed. And all of a sudden, you're thrown into a storm that you have no job and your future seems to be very, very bleak. What do you do when you're thrown into a storm such as this? You have a rebellious child, a child that has seemingly all of a sudden gone and found themselves in trouble and it's bringing great heartache and trouble into your life. What do you do? Well, my friend, I want you to understand storms of life are very common. If we had time, we could go from pew to pew, from person to person, and we could probably begin to announce numbers of times when there have been storms have come into your life. Gone to bed in the middle of the night. Peace with God and peace with yourself, and all of a sudden, the phone rings in the middle of the night. Your dad your wife or your, your mom or your brother or your sister or a loved one has just passed away. What do you do when a storm erupts in your life and, 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 and it seems like it has just literally disrupted everything in your life? The waves are high and the winds are blowing strong and you find yourself all alone in the midst of that storm. Well, I think it's interesting as you go and you study this passage of Scripture, there are three dynamic truths that I want to share with you today. Very simple. But they're truths that I believe that we're to be reminded of, truths that we're to be encouraged by, truths that we're able to grow by. Now, I want you to notice, it talks about that they were in a boat. That boat symbolizes our life. Then it talks about the disciples. Disciples symbolizes you and me. We're in a boat of life and we're, we're in a journey. And then those storms began to arise. Truth number one, as I began to look at this passage of Scripture, I want to remind you that Jesus is reminding us of his promise. 
Remember the promises of Jesus. Look what the Bible says in verse 35. Let us, he didn't say let me, but he says let us cross over to the other side. Jesus made a promise there. Jesus made a promise. And my friend, I want you to understand when Jesus makes a promise, he's going to keep that promise. He has never failed to fulfill a promise. This was not only a promise, it was a prophecy. And my friend, the moment Jesus made that promise, the boat became unsinkable. They thought it was going to sink at one time, but it became unsinkable. You could have tucked the Roman Empire as well as the United States Navy today, and they could not have sunk that boat because Jesus said, we're going to cross over to the other side. Think about it. crossing over to the other side. The sun, the, the sun would have quit shining. The moon would, would, would have quit uh, glowing. The stars would have quit sparkling. The waves would have quit moving before Jesus would have ever broken a promise. Friend, I am so grateful and thankful to know that Jesus makes promises us promises to us that cannot be broken. Jesus said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Jesus said, I'll stick closer to you than a brother. Right there in the midst of that storm, here you find Jesus is right there in the midst with these people, with these disciples. As terrible as the storm may have been, My friend, there's something about knowing the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us cross over to the other side. I remember I had a lady in my church in South Carolina, and I was thumbing through her Bible one day. And I noticed that she had a T and a P beside certain verses of scriptures. A T and a P. And I asked her, I said, uh, ma'am, I said, uh, why do you have a T and a P beside certain these passages of Scripture? Well, she says, well, if you'll notice, there are certain promises that God has given to us. And I have put that T there because I've tried that promise. And I put a P beside of it that it's been proven that God fulfilled those promises every single time. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God gives you promises that is, cannot be broken? Aren't you glad that in the midst of those stormy days, in the midst of those storms, that you can turn and you can find Jesus says, let us cross over to the other side. He's going to promise us those things that we need the most at that specific time and moment of the hour. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to know that I have a Savior that who, who, who keeps His Word. I am so grateful to know that I have a Savior that who promised to be my Lord and my Master. I am so grateful to know that I have a Savior that who able to keep that what I have committed unto Him and that He's going to fulfill those promises in my life every and single day. So, remember, 
When you go through those promises, I mean, when you go through those storms, remember the promises of God. I encourage you to take your Bible and just go and begin to list all the promises that God has laid down before you and laid down before us. But number two, look with me, if you would, please, in verse 36. Not only remember the promises of Jesus, but look what the Bible says in verse 36. The Bible says in verse 36, And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And then notice what it says, And other little boats were also with him. And other little boats were also with him. Mark was a unique writer as he is the only of the gospel writers that lists the importance of the other little boats. Now, the other little boats is recognizing that there were others that was in the, upon that sea as well. But there was a difference. There's a major difference between the other little boats and this particular boat that they were all. Jesus was on their boat. My friend, there's something that's very special to know that when Jesus Christ comes into our life, he not only comes into our life to save us and give us an eternal security, that one day as we, as death knocks upon our heart's door, that we'll be in a place called the kingdom of God forever and forever and forever. But I am so grateful to know that as Jesus Christ comes into my life, that he is in my life here to stay. And as I journey through life, whether whether the sun is shining or whether the storms are blowing, Jesus is on my boat. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus in your life? Is Jesus with you? One of the greatest, greatest resources that you will ever have in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of your storms, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that he wants to be in your life and he wants to secure your life and to be able to express his presence in your life. Now, Jesus is on their boat. Look what the Bible says in verse 37. And the Bible says, and a great windstorm, a great windstorm. There's a passage of scripture found in the gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 and 24, this is the way Matthew describes this storm. It says, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose. That word tempest, there's a Greek word, seismos, which literally means earthquake. This was just not a rainstorm. This was just not a time when the waters began to rise and the waves. It was literally like an earthquake that had taken place. It had shaken that boat. It had shaken them to a point that it was almost as if that boat was going to break into pieces. A great tempest arose upon the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. (laughs) But he was asleep. Have you ever felt like that in the midst of your storm that Jesus is not around? Have you ever felt like that Jesus could possibly be sleeping and that he doesn't care? That he doesn't care what's going on, what's taking place? 
Let me ask you a question. How in the world did these people get in the, in the situation that they're in? They were obeying the word of God. They were obeying Jesus. Jesus says, get into the boat. Let's go to the other side. They were obedient to the will of God. A lot of times when we find ourselves in storms, we sometimes think it's because of disobedience. Sometimes we think, well, why? What have I done wrong? What have I done in such a manner to bring this upon me? We ask that question, why? But so many times, it's not because you've done something wrong, but it may be necessarily that you've done something right. That you were obedient to the Word of God, and because of that, God sent you through a storm. Sometimes He sends us through those storms to teach us things that we will never, ever learn without going through that storm. We'd never know the grace of God. We would never know His presence like we do sometimes. Some of you today who have gone through storms can say, some of the greatest experiences of my life was when I was in the darkest hour of my life. God has demonstrated His grace. He's demonstrated His power. He's demonstrated His presence. He's demonstrated His promises in my life. I would have never known it had it not been for that storm. God allows those storms to come into our life to grow our faith and our dependency upon Him. So here, they found themselves in obedience. And in the midst of their obedience, they found themselves in a great storm. Have you ever felt like, felt like you've been just thrown into the fire? Heard about a story one time. There was this guy that, who owned this large oil well. And it erupted into a fire. And this fire became so great that they could not put the fire out. He put out an all-points bulletin to all the fire departments that if you could come and put this fire out, I'll give you a $100,000. Well, some of the great fire departments came with all their great equipment. But the heat was so intense and the fire was so great, they couldn't get within 200 yards of this oil well. And the fire was just burning and burning and burning and burning. There was this little town had this little volunteer fire department. And they thought, my goodness, if we had $100,000, can you imagine what we could do? We could buy new equipment, buy new uniforms. We could do this. We could do that. Why? The problem is they didn't have much of a fire equipment. Their little rickety type of fire truck didn't even have a fire hose. Only thing they had was two buckets of water and three buckets of sand and a couple of blankets. But anyway, they decided they were going and here they come and they're racing toward the fire. And to the surprise of the man that who owned the oil well, they went right into the flames. They jumped out of the fire truck and they took those buckets of water and they took those buckets of sand and they took those blankets and they put out the fire. 
The guy was so impressed. He immediately took his checkbook out and he says, I'm going to write you out $100,000 for your bravery and for putting out the fire. And he says, how did you do this? What are you going to do with that $100,000? Well, that captain was kind of shaking and he was... Uh, all fringed with the fire. And he says, well, I'll tell you one thing. The first thing we're going to do, he says, we're going to buy some stupid brakes for that fire fire truck. (laughs) Sometimes you're thrown into the fire and you don't know what to do. Well, my friend, sometimes the greatest works of God is in the midst when you're in the middle of the fire. Here they were, right in the middle. And here you find them in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, how sweet and how dear. I know sometimes in my life, when our little grandbaby died, there was a storm that I didn't expect. It was a storm that was seemingly like overcoming us. And, and I began to ask the question, why? Why? Why, God? I don't understand. But then all of a sudden, there was a presence that came upon my life. And that, that truth that, that I have quoted so much to others became a truth of reality. All things work together to the good of them who love you. And I remind you that, that, that statement that who love you, all things work together to the good. And there came a calmness and there came a peace. There came that sense of the presence of Almighty God in our lives. So my friend, when a storm comes, I remind you, remember the promises of Jesus. When the storms of life come, I want to remind you of the presence of Jesus. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. The Bible says in verse 38, which was right interesting, he said, but he was in the storm. Stern asleep on a pillar. It was almost as if Jesus had purposely had come upon that boat, knowing good and well there was a storm that was going to arise. And he brings him a pillar to go to sleep. I can almost imagine if I'd been one of those disciples who said, Jesus, don't you care? How can you sleep in a time such as this? But see, Jesus knew something that we need to be reminded of. He was in the center of God's will. See, in the midst of a storm, when you're in God's will, you can sleep through it. You can find peace like a little baby to sleep through the middle of the night. Now, that, this boat could not have uh, sunk. You say, now, why do you say that? Well, first of all, if it had sunk, Jesus would have been a liar. 
let us go to the other side. Second of all, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. He was in the center of God's will and God's plan and God's purpose for his life. And so therefore, when you're in his presence and you're in the center of his will, you will also know that you're going to get to the other side. But thirdly, let me show you something else. Not only rest in the presence of Jesus, but rely on the power of Jesus. Look what the Bible says in verse 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Literally, the word rebuke means be still. And to be still, it was literally said, muzzling the silence of that storm. Jesus was literally saying, sit down and shut up. (laughs) Taking his creation and controlling it to the point as he so well pleased. Now, I find it interesting. Jesus did not keep them from the storm, but he kept them in the midst of the storm. He kept them in the midst of the storm. He kept them from sinking. He kept them in a manner of bringing peace into the life. As he was saying peace to the storm, he was also saying peace to his disciples. Peace that I leave with you. A peace that no one else can give to you. A peace that passes all understanding. Peace that you cannot buy, you cannot earn, that you don't even deserve. But in the midst of the storm, he gives you a peace that overwhelms others that looks upon your life as saying, I cannot understand how you can go through that storm with such peace. A peace that passes all understanding. But look what the Bible says. See, when you're faced with a storm, you'll do one or two things. You'll either have fear or you'll have faith. Look what the Bible says in verse 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have No faith. One or two things when you're faced with a storm. Either you will be fearful or you will be a man and a woman of faith. The reason that Jesus was so irritated with his disciples was in the first three chapters of the book of Mark, he had performed miracle after miracle after miracle. In Mark chapter 1, there was the time when Jesus had healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law from fever. He'd cast out a demon. He had performed miracles right there in the midst of his disciples. In Mark chapter 2, he had healed a lame man. Mark chapter 3, he had restored a withered hand of a man. Miracle after miracle, and yet now they're faced with a storm, and they're afraid. Jesus would have thought, why, if I can cast out demons and I can raise people from the dead and I can heal people from their sickness, 
Surely I can take care of the storms of life. You go back and you check your life and you find miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle that Jesus has performed in your life. Why in the world do we forget those miracles when we're faced with a storm? In the midst of those storms, go back and re-examine the times that Christ has been with you. He's given you those promises. He has demonstrated His presence. He's exercised His power in and through your life. Heard about a man one time, a young man. He was graduating from college. And as he was graduating from college, all he had ever wanted from his dad was this brand new little sports car. And he had told his dad that when I, when I graduate, I want you to give me this brand new sports car. Well, the great day came when he graduated from college and his dad was pretty wealthy. His dad invited him to come into his study. And there was this little box that a present that had uh, had been wrapped up, and he opened it up, and it was a brand new Bible. Well, the guy thought, I didn't ask for a Bible, I asked for a new car. He got angry and got upset, and he threw the Bible on the desk of his dad and storms out the door. And over that incident... He got so angry over over that situation that he had not spoken to his dad for several years. Finally, he thought, you know, I need to make things right with my dad. And so he began to, as he had moved away earlier, he decided that he was going to come back and visit his dad. And right prior to him coming, he got news that his dad had just died. His heart was sad that they had a broken relationship. His heart was sad that he had possibly treated his dad the way that he had. But anyway, his dad had given him everything. He was able to inherit everything that his dad owned. As he was going through the papers of his uh, dad's office, he happened to notice there was that Bible. And that Bible was sitting upon his desk. And so he picks up the Bible and he begins to look over the Bible. Then he happened to notice that as he picked up the Bible, something fell out of the Bible. It was a set of car keys. And it had a verse of scripture, Matthew chapter uh, 7 and 11. And it says something like this. You be an evil knowing how to give good gifts to your children. How much more than the father knows how to give gifts to his children. He looked at those car keys and it was the car keys to the car that he wanted. And on those car keys, it had on, on there a little note, paid in full. This guy allowed a storm to come into his life. 
And by his own doing, he allowed that storm to separate him and his father for years that his father had intended for it to be a time of love and a time of relationship between him and his child. Sometimes when storms come into our life, if we're not careful, we'll receive it in a manner that will bring bitterness instead of betterness in our life. I want to ask you today, are you going through a storm? If you're not, you've just come from a storm. And if you have just haven't come from a storm, guess what? You're headed toward a storm. One or two things is taking place, or one or three things is taking place. Either you're in a storm, you're coming from a storm, or you're headed toward a storm. Remember the promises of God. Remember the presence of Jesus Christ. Remember his power. Lord Jesus, your word is rich. And as I think about these disciples, they remind us of so much of our own selves. I'm so thankful that they invited you to get on the ship with them. And the greatest, greatest decision a person could ever make is a decision today of inviting Jesus into our life to help us, to give us that security, to give us that hope, to give us that help. Lord, there's some people here today that's never invited you in their life, and you've allowed a storm to come into their life, to remind them of their need for you. I pray that today that they will do that, that they will invite you to come upon their hardship. And there in their heart, they will allow you to be the Lord of their life. Lord, I'm talking to some believers today that are going through a storm. May your Holy Spirit Comfort them and encourage them and remind them of your love and of your mighty presence. Some who have invited Christ into their life, but they have never been baptized, never have given a witness through watery baptism, scriptural baptism. They need to be baptized here today. Have thy own will and way, dear Lord, as we make this important decision in our life. In Jesus we pray.